everybody, and welcome back to another episode of White Collars, Red Hands. As always, I am Kashan Bassador, joined by... And as always, I am <laughs> Nina Kern. So, Nina, uh, what's, what's, the, what's the hip-hap? What's hip-happening? Um, you know, just drinking away my anxiety about this election. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, so so for you at home, uh, this is coming out way later, but yes, tonight yes. we are recording uh, the day after Election Day. Uh, everything is still uncertain. We don't know who's going to win. Uh, yeah, we don't know yet. It's kind of all we up. We know nothing. <laughs> Just like Jon Snow, we know, we know nothing. nothing. Um, Without the cool wolves. Dire wolves. Dire wolves. <laughs> Diarrhea wolves. Oops. Gross. Oh, oh, shit. I'm knocking everything over. I'm not even drunk. I just am, I guess, anxious. Anxious? Oh, just for the election? Yeah, yeah. I almost puked last night. It was awesome. That's awful. Yeah, I was like, I think I'm going to throw up. And my roommate was like, do you want me to grab the bucket? And I was like, I can go to the bathroom. I'm not, I don't have the flu. Well, were you drunk, though? I was tipsy, but okay. it wasn't like. I wasn't, I wasn't that drunk. Because I was going to say, if you're shmammered, obviously there's a reason that she's like, hey, let's, you want me to get you a bucket? I think she may be traumatized because um, right before everything shut down with COVID, like literally the same weekend, I got the stomach flu. Mm. And I was like, I really do feel super nauseous. And I did bring the bucket. And then I was like running to the bathroom and projectile vomiting into the bucket. So I think she may be scarred disgusting it was so gross it was terrible i was and then 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 in the morning i puked so much that then i started burping gray liquid what did you drink that was gray my it was from my stomach bile if you puke up all the yellow it'll turn gray i went to the doctor and on that note something (laughs) equally as appetizing uh we're talking about mcdonald's this week Uh, Remember when McDonald's, everybody was freaking out because McDonald's had the pink slime. Wait, what? No. Yeah, yeah. So, like, they would use this stuff called pink slime, and it was, like, what they made their hamburgers out of. And, like, apparently also maybe their chicken nuggets. But what it was was it was, like, the shitty part of the beef. And they would grind it all together in a grinder which it was almost like ground chuck, but it was um, a little bit lower quality than like your typical eighty twenty ground chuck. Okay, you and know a lot like about meat, but okay, like, I, I do. I, do. <laughs> I uh, worked at a butcher shop all through high school. Oh yeah, we did talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we talked about that the other day at work. But uh, yeah, I worked at uh, a little butcher shop in Ohio, and I know way too much about uh, raw meat. But anyways, pink slime. Pink slime. It was like this light pink color. It came out. It looked really fucking nasty. And everybody lost their shit when uh, this news broke. And then where I worked, everybody asked us if the ground chuck was pink slime. So, so I'm assuming pink slime isn't like a, a McDonald's like trademark. Like they didn't send it out saying pink slime on it. No, 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 no. Okay. Like somebody, I don't know who went undercover and found this out. But someone like went undercover, found this out, and it was on the news. And then we were going to make a big banner at work that said like pink slime sold here. And my manager said we couldn't do it. I mean, you probably could sell it though. I mean, like, come on. The people, okay. Here's the other thing, too. Everybody was like, ah, is your ground chuck pink slime? I'm like, why do you care? You just ordered five pounds of hot dogs. Like, you clearly don't care about what you're putting in your body. Yeah, I, I'm saying it's like if you're if you're expecting to get a hamburger for a dollar. What do you want? 
I don't even expect it to be all meat. No. And, and I'm okay with that. And you know what? I fucking love those cheeseburgers. Yeah, I'll, I will. I will fuck up some McDoubles. Oh man, they're so good. I used to go to, like in high school, we'd go after football games, and I, I would eat a whole McGangbang every time. What is a McGangbang? You don't know what a McGangbang is? No. Ooh, I'm gonna blow your mind. All right. So you start out a McDouble, okay? okay. Or uh, two McDoubles, rather. Uh, and one spicy McChicken. You're going to take those two saucy McDoubles. Those, they're not McDoubles anymore. Oh, you're they're now something so They're now your buns. All right? They're <laughs> oh your buns. God. You're going to take the <laughs> You're going to take one of the buns. Stop. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm not done yet. You're going to take one of the buns off of the McChicken, okay? And then you're going to slap that McChicken right in between those two McDoubles, all right? You're going to smush okay, it in there so you can get it all in your mouth at once. Off. Do you keep the buns on the McDouble? Fuck yeah, you do. It's like a... Kishan! No, 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 no. It's like a Big Mac. If a Big Mac just happened to consist of two McDoubles what and a McChicken in the middle. What this? I'm writing it down. It's a McGangbang. I'm not the only one that has done it. It's online. Trust me. McGangbang. It's a McGangbang. Because, you know, you got one smushed in the middle. Honestly, it's more like a McThreesome. If we're really being honest with it, yeah. with ourselves. Like a McSpit roast. And less Ooh. of a McGangbang. Did you eat french fries with this too? No. What do you, what do you think I am, fat? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that was out of the wrong reason to get french fries after uh, yeah, it's a mi- all that. Yeah, it's a big bang and a Diet Coke. That's uh, That was my order. <laughs> I do drink Diet Coke with whatever I order at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Diet Coke is just crisper. It's the aspartame. It's the cancer. It's just crispier. But that sandwich reminds me of when KFC had that... Um, Sandwich called the Double Down. Do you? Oh yeah, that? yeah, yeah. It's it literally just chicken. two pieces of chicken with like some like, meat and it was like some bacon a, and cheese, yeah, right? Yeah, it was like a chicken breast, bacon, mayonnaise, cheese. I think there's something else in there, and then another piece of chicken. When my so we would go to the KFC Taco Bell after school, and my one my friend Matt would always get those. He loved them. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, it's disgusting. So, this is always the thing I said, though. But uh, we're getting yeah, off topic. Uh, McDonald's, uh, and you're probably saying, oh, no. What did McDonald's do? The evil, big American corporation. This is white collars, red hands. I'm sure that their, I don't know, CEO, like, diddled some kids in a foreign country or something. Although, probably has. Well, I was about to say, although that might be true, they aren't actually the suspects today. No. They're the victims. Poor McDonald's. So, uh, you at home who uh, maybe have seen the uh, hit docuseries on HBO recently, McMillions, probably know what we're talking about. Yes. And it, it's about the Monopoly game that happened. Uh, and still, I think it, it still happens it, it at still McDonald's. Happens. It still happens. And at Jewel Osco, if you live in the Chicago area. Uh, they did that in Arizona, too. I think that's just oh, everybody. Really? Yeah, but in Arizona, is it, um, uh, what is it? I don't know. I've never been there. You know, the, the Arizona Safeway. The Arizona oh. version of Jolasco. They're owned by the same a, company. I've never been to a Safeway. But uh, they've been running this game for a long time. Uh, 1987, I believe, is when they really started the game. Uh, it is. 1987. And it's been running since then. But for a good portion of the time that it was running, uh, the people who were winning, those boardwalk pieces, the million dollars, the cars, all of the hard-hitting all the prices. All stuff. <laughs> all of it was going to people that were defrauding 
McDonald's out of them. You know, I really don't feel bad for that. Like, McDonald's. You know, me either. I'm having a really bad, like, I, I have a very hard time being sympathetic. Well, see, here's the thing, is McDonald's isn't really the loser here. Right. Uh, it's all the people who are playing the game. Exactly. They were going... They were going to give that money away no matter what. Someone was going to win it. Uh, it's not a big thing for them. The big thing for them was that, uh, or the the victim here, however, is all of the American people who uh, <laughs> were spending their uh, paychecks at McDonald's uh, in the very slim hope of winning a million dollars. And all they got out of their their effort was heart disease. Was heart disease and a couple of mixed bit roasts. I still don't feel bad. I, yeah, I get it. Yeah, like I, I don't know when you have a con- when you have a contest like this. It's just like I don't know what you expect. How do you expect someone to not cheat? There are so many other games that people don't cheat at. <laughs> Name one. Basically, every sweepstakes. Like no one is no one's rigging the like sweet life of Zach and Cody Danimal sweepstakes. You don't know that. To go on, you know, you, you remember that one? You ever see the commercial? It's I'm like, sure I did. It's like I Dylan did. and Cole Sprouse, and they're like, drink animals, and you can win a cruise, like, with I'm, us. I mean, I know that, like, it, I don't remember, but I am sh- I know you're telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah, did you buy a bunch of animals? Yeah, I, fu- yeah, I fucking did. Yeah, I fucking did. with Dylan and Cole Sprouse? Yes, I did. And have a uh, Danimal gangbang? No, I was more, well, one, I was more excited to go with Ashley Tisdale, because I had okay, a crush fair. on Ashley Tisdale. That's fair. Um, and I just assumed she was there. I don't think they ever said that was going to happen, but I just... What about Brenda Song? I was eight. She's cute, I guess. Yeah, Brenda Song's real cute. But Ashley Tisdale was where it was at. That's all I'm saying. She's pregnant with a girl. And it's not yours. Oh, really? I didn't know. <laughs> I was just about to call Ashley and be like, hey, I heard uh, you're hey, pregnant. Is that mine? I heard I'm the father. <laughs> You are the father, Kashan. Oh, it is the first time that would ever happen on Mori, where the the father would be like, yes, yes, fuck yes, I'm the father. I'm so happy to have a child, because she would be my sugar mama, you know, and I could do whatever the fuck I want, because she's so goddamn rich, I, I'd love it. I told her I was the father. I fucking told her. <laughs> I love that show. Um, <laughs> I really do. I sent my dad a gift once on... Um, Father's Day that said you are the father and he he didn't think it was funny. But I did. Well, that's nice. And that's how we know my comedy career is shite. <laughs> because your dad didn't laugh at your joke. My dad doesn't like my jokes. Back to the task at hand. Uh, yeah, McMillions, what we're here to talk Monopoly. about. Monopoly. Uh, this... Not my dad not thinking I'm funny. Yeah, we can talk about that uh, as much as you want. It's been going on In for therapy. 20 plus years, so we got more than enough time to get to it. Um... <laughs> McDonald's uh, launches this this uh, game, the Monopoly yes. game. Yep. Uh, which the funny thing to me is that they made concerted efforts for it not to be gambling. So there are a bunch of laws that like prohibit gambling of yeah. obviously people under a certain age and even gambling in certain states, counties. So McDonald's had to be like, how the fuck do we make this not gambling? So what yeah. they did is they gave away pieces for free. Uh, they, they came in. They came in. Uh, magazines you get a piece piece. everybody gets a piece except you still got to pay taxes on it well fuck yeah oprah make it giving people taxes so you could go into a mcdonald's store once a day and just request a piece be like hey 
give me a piece. And Hey, I want a piece of that. And the 16-year-old would be like, Ugh, whatever you say, here you go. Uh, dude, they probably did. I'd be like, fuck it, take all of them. I don't care. Oh, yeah? But would you charge people for sauce? Because they're so stingy on their sauce. They want to charge. If you want extra sauce, they have, they have gotten out of control. Sauce costs money to manufacture. And those pieces don't? Not as much. Not as much, probably. Right? Uh, so they, they made it so you can't, be, you can't be gambling with it. And the, the marketing company that came up with this is the same marketing company that came up with basically all of other McDonald's productions ever. They had been working with uh, Simon Marketing for yep. decades, literally. Uh, Simon Marketing is the company that came up with the idea for the Happy Meal. Oh, I hope they got royalties on that. I mean, I, I'm sure they got paid to do their job, yeah. Yeah. Like, they did the marketing ideas, and then McDonald's, I'm sure, paid out the ass for it. Oh, yeah. Um, so... Nothing hits the spot, spot like a Happy Meal. You still eating Happy Meals, Nina? I did, uh, last year, eat a Happy Meal. And then I was like, that was not enough food, and then I went and got more food. You got another Happy Meal? No, I just got just cheeseburgers and a side of fry. Okay, I was going to say, it would be very sad to go, to one, go up to a McDonald's counter as a full-grown adult and order a Happy Meal. I was drunk. You're making it sadder. <laughs> and then and then two, to go back up to the counter and be like, you know what, that first Happy Meal was good. I have made the decision again to order another, another Happy Meal. Um, yeah. I know this is off topic, but I'm going to tell the story anyway. So I went to an open mic because I do stand up and I went to an open mic and then I went to my work, this, um, not where we work together, but the one that I was at, the other restaurant I was at Mm -hmm. because my friend was bartending and he made me a Cosmo with six ounces of vodka in it. It's a double. It's a full double martini. Yep. That's what I had. And I drank it in 25 minutes. So... Nina was a little bit drunk, mm-hmm. and so I was like, McDonald's, here I come. I went to the McDonald's right next to that restaurant. Yeah, place, I went right? to McDonald's right next to that restaurant, got my Happy Meal, then ordered more food, and then um, couldn't finish it, and then this guy that I had been talking to on a dating app was like, you should meet me at this bar, and I was like, I'm drunk, and he's like, well, you should meet me anyway, and I was like, all right, well, I'll see if he wants this McDonald's that I can't eat. Man. So then I showed up to the bar, drunk with McDonald's. And I never saw him again. And you were the second thing that couldn't finish that night. We didn't, um, we didn't, we didn't, uh, have intercourse. Well, it was a joke, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, he was really tall. He was six foot five. His name was Chad. And, of uh, course it was. Yeah, I know. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we did, we kissed a little bit, but what was it? Fun. It was a night to remember. I remember. I can't believe you remember after drinking that, that Cosmo. You know, when a night like that happens, you just have to remember it. When you bring McDonald's to a bar on a date, you have to remember. That's fair, because you usually do remember the low point in your life. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, anyway, back to Mc, McMillian. Uh, so they've, uh, they've started creating this game, and here's the thing. We don't know uh, when exactly the defraudation begins, mm-hmm. but we know that um, head of security at uh, Simon Marketing was a guy named Jerome, Jerome Jacobson. Jacobson. 
All right. And now Jerome Jacobson, the how he got the job is he so he's an ex cop. He was a cop in Hollywood, not the Hollywood you're thinking of. No, 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 not the fun Hollywood. Not the fun Hollywood. Hollywood, Florida. Yep. He was a cop in Hollywood, Florida, uh, and his wife at the time, Martha. Uh, got him a job. Uh, he had since gotten out of the cop business. He wasn't in there for very long. Um, he was a shitty cop. I mean, yeah. I'm, yeah. How shitty of a cop do you have to be to stop being a cop? Maybe he was just aware of... Maybe he just didn't like killing black people. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he was like, fuck this, I'm out. I'm not murdering innocents. Mm-hmm. Oof, we are getting, we're getting dark. <laughs> uh... So he leaves the police business. He goes into private security. Business. The police business. He takes off his police suit and his police tie. I'm not working here anymore. And he and he dons his fake police suit and fake police tie because he went straight into private security, which is what all ex-cops do, I'm pretty sure. You just become a mall cop, um, and my, then that's it. My aunt's husband is a retired cop from Miami, and he now is a truancy officer. Yeah, so fake, fake cop. cop. Yeah. yeah. Um. So he went into private security, and his wife at the time, Martha, this guy had like six wives. It was a lot of wives. Um, Not all at the same time, I'd like to point out. Okay, Jerome. Um, But his wife at the time, Martha, got him a job at uh, Dittler Brothers, which is like a printing company, which they need security, I guess. Um, You don't know what they're printing? They were actually known as one of the most secure printing companies in the nation. Well, that's because Jerome Jacobson was there. Yeah. He was he was locking down the fort. He was. He was a fort. He would walk around, make sure everything's going good because this is the place that they were printing the pieces for the Monopoly game. Was that Dittler Brothers? Yep. So that's how we first got into it, and then um, he was doing so well well there at controlling the security there. They actually moved him to Simon Marketing as the head of security at Simon Marketing, and he oversaw all of the printing for all of these special games for. All of McDonald's, and we're not talking about just we're not talking about just this Monopoly game. They All had, uh, yeah, uh, they had a lot. You know, I didn't realize, and I think this is just because, like, I don't pay attention in life, but mm-hmm. I just didn't realize how many, how much sweepstakes McDonald's has. Yeah. Ju- or how many different sweepstakes they have. Do they still have all these sweepstakes? No, no. Got I was going to say, like, this I, This is not ringing a bell. These were these are usually promotions that come and go. Maybe they came once or twice, and only oh, some yeah, of them were... Oh, yeah, they came once or twice? Yeah. It's, a good, it's, it's good if you come twice. I don't think anyone's going to argue with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, I mean... It, it, pa- no, don't pa- make me come again. Pass two for a man, I'm like... Yeah, you're. I'm, I'm worried. going to die. I, Nothing's gonna come out. You got one ball. You got the other one, and now like, I'm gonna be. Is that how that works? No, absolutely not. I was gonna say. I was like, I thought that was a joint effort. <laughs> it it is. Okay. <laughs> Nicely put. Um, but you're gonna be opening like a, a pharaoh's tomb after that. It's just gonna be. Yeah, ghost baby. Just dust. Um. But just to name a few of the other uh, games that were at Monopoly, or at Monopoly, at McDonald's at this time. Uh, Hatch, Mash, and Win. When the USA wins, you win, which is a promotion done during the Olympics. Um, Yeah, Disney's Masterpiece uh, Collection Trivia Challenge. Uh, The Who Wants to Be a Millionaire game. Uh, Win on the Spot. Pick Your Prize. These were all promotions that were done that had some sort of like printing done for them that you would win if you got pieces. This was all done by Simon Marketing and all oversaw by Jerome Jacobson, their head of securities. All right. And I think we've led up to it. I think people know by now. 
the person who was defrauding McDonald's is Jerome, Jerome Jacobson. Jacobson. Uh, That's sneaky Sneaky man. It's sneaky man. I uh, did not see a lot of pictures of him. He looks no, like... No, I couldn't... I really had a hard time finding pictures of him because I was like, I want to see what this bastard looks like. There was a little... There were some clips of him in like the, the McMillions uh, docuseries mm-hmm. and he looks just like a normal fucking white guy. Like... It's always the normal fucking white guys. Like ex-cop. Like like imagine an ex-cop when he gets off and he gets kind of like the... A little bit of a beer gut and he's like... In his, in, he's like 50. The, it's those donuts. It's a donut gut. Dough gut. Dough gut. Uh, <laughs> TM. Um, so, <laughs> he's just an average fucking white guy. And he's in charge of security here. And he said that um, the first time he tried uh, to do anything to defraud one of the games was in 1989. So, basically, what gave him the ability to do this, which is so fucking stupid... Is that a supplier uh, sent him an incorrect shipment, and he opens the shipment, and inside are uh, sheets of the tamper-proof seals that are used to keep the like the big prizes uh-huh. in their envelopes, like to show if they were tampered before they're opened at the warehouse to be put into circulation. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so he just randomly gets sent these, and this story you're going to find out has a lot of weird chance in it, like. Well, and I feel like a lot of it had to be weird chance because he isn't some sort of, like, mastermind. Absolutely not. Where a lot of the other people we've talked about thus far, like, you think about Bernie Madoff Mm -hmm. and some of these other people, Mm -hmm. like, they were really smart. Yeah. They were really smart people who, you know, did these things, and then I feel like this guy just kind of, I mean, he, he even said himself, he's like, I wanted to see if I could do it. And I don't feel like it was as much of a mastermind plan. Yeah, absolutely not. And if he got caught now, it you know, it would have been over. I mean, it would have been a very small thing. He probably would have got fired. And they would have asked him to, like, give the money back if he had it. But it really wouldn't have done anything. Because basically what he did is he got these tamper-proof seals. And this is what he did for all of the subsequent ones that he stole. Is that they go to put them into circulation. And as the head of securities for Simon Marketing, he had to be there. There was a head of security there for McDonald's. Uh, they also had like a third party affiliate with them. And uh, the third party affiliate was supposed to be with the briefcase that they were in at, at all times. The briefcase! The briefcase. The, like, the, like the president's nuclear football. Like yeah. he's carrying it around. Um, and what he would do is he would at some point on their trip to get them to the distribution center... He would just excuse himself to the bathroom because the uh, third-party affiliate was female, so she couldn't go with him into the bathroom. So he and because he w- he was like literally like handcuffed to the briefcase, so the briefcase had to always be with him. And he so he would go into the bathroom with him, and he'd open it up, and he'd take off the tamper-proof seal, take out the pieces, replace them with normal pieces, and then put a new seal off of it that he got shipped just one hundred percent accidentally. And then he'd give them, <laughs> and then he would give them to the. Uh, the distribution center because like they literally had like signatures that like needed to be broken right, on right. the envelope and everything and they had to like cut it open and pull them out and, and it had to be observed by people from all the parties McDonald's Simon Marketing and this and a third party affiliate uh, just to make sure nothing funny was happening and he would just go to the bathroom <laughs> and just slip it in there he's like I had a shit <laughs> yeah that's exactly what it was that's how every man in the 1980s was though especially ex-cop he's like hey I gotta go take a shit. You stay here for a second, okay? And then he's in there. He's like opening the briefcase, like, like making fake poop after sounds. After a while, she'd be like, "I'm 
don't know, just, like, after a while, wouldn't she be, like, suspicious of how much he was shitting? No, he, he would do it, like, not always at the same time, because the trip he would have to, like, like, he would just excuse himself once at some point throughout their, like, travel there. And then do but it. But you gotta shit every time? He's gotta pee, maybe. He, I, I feel I'm, like it would take a while. I'm assuming you could do it faster after a little bit. Well, okay, fair. And also, you're handcuffed. Like, one of your hands is handcuffed to the briefcase, so you've got one hand that you're, like, trying to get all this, you know what I mean? I feel like everything we've said just sounds like a like an innuendo. Yeah, it is. Every single thing we it say. It is, because you also said pull out at some point, and I was going to make a joke, and then decided to I think I said it. he went into the bathroom and you pulled it out. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> so, tick and the envelope. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't know what he was doing. I mean, honestly, at least a couple of the times he probably did have to actually pee, so he probably just did both. I mean, why not? To kill two birds with one stone. Uh, but 1989, this is two years after the, Mon- the Monopoly game launched. He says he took his first one. It was a $25,000 piece mm-hmm. uh, just to see if he could get away with it. Uh, he did, obviously. Uh, he gave it to his brother-in-law. And he says he had a he had like a justified reason for doing this, which is absolute bullshit. But basically, I guess McDonald's was purposely rigging it so that all the expensive prizes would stay in the U.S. because that was their biggest market um, instead of giving it an equal fair share because it was all North America, supposedly. So they were they were literally like not sending any to Canada on purpose. So he, so he was literally like, well, McDonald's was already was already rigging the game by making it so they could only go into the U.S. So I figured they're not giving it to Canada, so I'll steal them and give them to all of my friends. Because that makes sense. Makes sense to me. Uh, <laughs> so he takes the first one, he gives it to his brother-in-law. His brother-in-law cashes it in. No one thinks anything of it. No, they don't think twice. Yeah, and they really didn't think twice because he did this for, oh my god. A long time. So long. Okay, wait. I have a question, though. So okay. if you've got, like, 25000 So his, his brother-in-law, he's got this $25,000 piece. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know the answer to this question. Okay. But, like, where do you go to cash this in? So you have to take it to a McDonald's. Any McDonald's? Yes, and they'll record that you did it, and then they have to send it to corporate. Corporate verifies that it is um, a real piece because they had, like... They had uh, measures in it so that you couldn't print the pieces. Like, they had, like, marks on them, like UV yeah, marks. Yeah, I'm sure other people tried to, like, make pieces and say that that's what it was. Yeah, so you have to verify it. So they verify the pieces are real, and then they, they pay you out. That's how it works. And with the 25000 one, the lower prices, they just pay you in a lump sum. They basically just go, like, hey, here's $25,000 minus taxes because you have to pay taxes on yeah, all, of, all of your winnings. Um, and then that's it. You're on your way. Uh, for the bigger prizes, uh, this is actually going to complicate things later for the people who um, claimed them, is that it, it's given to you in, like, $50,000 installments. Yeah. Like, every year. So it's like, you get a million dollars, but it's in installments over the course of, like, a decade and a half. You know, I'd be okay with winning $50,000. Like, you know, I'm not going to complain that I get an extra $50,000 every year for a decade. Yeah, no. I, I, like, that's more than I've made in a year ever, so... No, that's the thing. It's very good, and that's why these people wanted to do this. But it, it's not going to turn out good, and we'll get into why. Yeah. Um, firstly, uh, Jerome Jacobson is doing this all by himself. Uh, for the first few years, 1989 uh, to 1995... What year were you born, Kashan? 95. So the year you were born. So the year I was born. I was three. Exactly. 
uh, Jerome Jacobson, after he he was like meeting a couple people, and what he did is he set up this like this like network of people. Uh, one of them, one of the first guys, his name was uh, uh, Noah Dwight Baker. He's this like super Mormon father. I mean, if your name is Noah Dwight Baker, how can you be anything but Mormon? Exactly. Like he's a super Mormon like father, and he was like a. I think he was even like a, I don't know, are they priests? No, they're not. They're uh, uh, reverends, bishops, whatever. He was he was something like in right? the church. Like he was like he would give. Uh, it's a bishop because my um, one of my best friends converted to Mormonism and then left. Okay, but yeah, he he would like lead sermons and and shit. For, yeah, I think it's a bishop for them, and he his like real estate company or whatever just went under because he just had a stroke and he couldn't keep it up so he was oh, in okay i don't know why i'm like about to laugh because it's sad it's really sad but he was in dire financial straits and he meets uh, jerome jacobson and jerome jacobson he's he's originally just giving them to like some family members and friends of family members for uh kickbacks on it so he would give away like the million dollar piece for fifty thousand dollars was his kickback yeah. On a million. So you he gets one of the payouts basically. Yeah. And you get to keep the rest. Um and he okay, had he had some other payouts. How are they paying him out? Because like I was trying to figure that out, but how are they paying him out? They just owe him money. So he's like, Hey, here's the piece. Go them... in and do it. You're gonna give me my money once you get it. Because anything over ten grand gets flagged by the IRS. Yeah, well, and the thing is is that uh it, to the IRS it looks like these people are getting the money, you know, they're, they're getting the money, uh, legally. Like they won right, the game right, right. because, uh, he's telling them to go into a McDonald's and fake like they pulled it, fake like they got it, that they want it there so that people see them get it. And then they turn it in and, uh, they fake where they live, uh, because a lot of them came to do it in Jacksonville, Florida, where he was at, where Jerome right. Jacobson was at. Yeah. And they would have to fake that they lived there because you had to like live in the area to win. So they would say they so they uh, say they would right. live there and they would get the money paid out to somewhere there like a check would arrive there and then he would then they would cash it and he would keep his cut and give them the rest. Got it. And th- things got a lot more sinister though after a little bit because this is one of the weirdest parts of this story is that he is just in he's in an Atlanta airport and he just happens happens to meet very yeah. randomly this guy named Gennaro also, Jerry, they both go by Jerry, Columbo. When I was reading about this, I was like, really? What the fuck? This doesn't even sound real. It sounds like a child wrote this story and was yes. like, and then he runs into the mob. Because for those of you who don't know at home, people in New York and uh, people who are familiar with the mafia and crime families are going to recognize the, the name, name Columbo because it's one of the five major uh, mafia families in New York, one of the big five. Yeah. Uh, that have been that were powerful for a long time that are still, I mean, they still do shit. Like, yeah. like organized crime is still a thing. It's not as big as it was. But the Columbo family is still around. And this motherfucker just happens to meet him. And, and, the, and then he finds out who he is. Jerry Colombo just happens to say, like, yeah, I'm part of, like, they get to talking. And I don't know how it comes up, but he's, he's like, like. Hey, by the way, I also do crime. He's like, he's like yeah, you know, uh, I'm actually part of the Colombo family. Uh, so that's pretty cool. I just killed a man on Thursday. I don't know what you're he's doing with your Thursday. life. I got him in this circuit. 
Ah! Um, and so, so uh, Jerome Jacobson, also who goes by Jerry, but I'm calling him Jerome for the sake of uh, disambigu- yeah, <laughs> disambiguizing. Yeah. Is that a word? Probably not. It is now. Yeah. Um, them. He tells him about his his thing. He's like, yeah, I but you know, I work for McDonald's. Uh, Jerome Jacobson was it's dumb. He's dumb. Uh, so he just will tell people this. He's like, uh, you know, I'm stealing money from McDonald's. Uh, it's going good, but I've only been able to sell to my friends and family. And uh, Jerry Colombo is like, see, is fucking the it goes ching like in his yeah. eyes. Yeah, because the mafia is far reaching. They're nationwide. Uh, he's got so he. But not the mafia. But not the mafia. And he knows that he can take these pieces and distribute them in a much, much larger pattern across the U.S. and increase the amount of profits that that he can get from this. So, starting now in 1995, he starts taking all of the big pieces, all of them, and he sells them all to Jerry Colombo and the Colombo family who then is taking them and redistributing them to other people. And then they now have the manpower to make sure they get their their money back. Right. And that's what I was talking about. Uh, the insidious part of this is that literally the mafia got involved. So you had this thing where you had to pay them up front for a piece. Yeah. So basically, basically he would say, I have a million dollar piece. You need to pay me $250,000 for this piece. And, and then you get to keep, and then you get to keep the rest, and you get kind of talked into doing it, and it kind of sounds like a good idea. But now you need to come up with two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, or else you know too much about what's going on now, and you're in danger of the mob coming after right. you and fucking right. whacking you. Yeah. Dun dun dun. Uh, this started out as fun and games. It quickly changed. Like there's this story of a. Uh, her name's Gloria Brown. She's one of the well, she's one of the million dollar winners. Um, and Gloria Brown was a friend of Jerry Colombo's wife, who is a terrible person. If you watch the docu series, she's one of the worst people I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I think she might be a murderer. We'll talk about that in a little she bit. Probably is. Um, Gloria Brown is her friend from way back, like high school. She just calls her up one day. She's like, come over. They haven't talked in forever. She's like, we'll fly you out here. She's like, she lives forever away. She's like, we'll fly you out here. She flies her out here to see her. And while they're there, Jerry Colombo comes in. He's like, and, and he's like, obviously, like, like, like he's got something to tell her, right? And right. he tells her about this. And he's like, he's like, okay, so you're going to buy one from me. And she's like, no, I'm not. And then and she has to. And he's like, no, you are because I just told you all about it. So you're going to buy it. And she, she mortgaged her house because she had to get the money up front um, and went in, faked that she lived in the area. So I, I feel like that's why they flew her out to Jacksonville is because they, they knew that like they were just going to get her into the area so that she could redeem the piece. And she had to pay up front. She was constantly getting calls from uh, Jerry Colombo and Jerome Jacobson about like, Where's our money? Like you got to get us our money, and because because the the money came in installments, you had to like give them um, you had to give them money immediately. And the thing is, they wanted their cut right. Then. Like, they wanted like a fifty percent cut, like um, before taxes. So you're not even getting fifty percent of the money. 
You're like uh, you're like paying okay. them from yeah. the first installments, and then like the the however many thousands of dollars in taxes are coming out, yeah. and you're getting left with almost nothing from every installment. And you mortgage your house. She said in the docu series, it was so sad. Actually, I feel I feel kind of bad for this woman. She she said that she was in worse financial uh, a worse financial stance after she did it bad for Gloria. And she got a million dollar piece and even though she won in quotation marks a million dollars. Yeah, what she, she had to pay out. She was in a worse financial position. Um, so he just meets Columbo. Really weird. He's in with the mafia now. Uh, he also met uh, two of his other, I'm going to say enforcers because yeah. that's, that's what they call them in the mob. Yeah. Is, is you have like the Don and then you got like the enforcers right. and then yeah. the soldiers, you know, it yeah. like goes down the yep. way. Yep. Um, his enforcers were the people that he would give the pieces to and then they would recruit the buyers. So uh, Jerome Jacobson, after a little bit, only got the pieces and sold them and then got a kickback from the first selling. And he wasn't involved in actually getting the secondary buyers. Uh, Columbo was a big one that he did. And then he had some other people. And these two people he also met randomly. So you know, you know Jerome Jacobson just going around like, Hey guys, he's like no, he can't keep a secret. Yeah, I'm stealing money from McDonald's. Did you know that? Because I like, am. It's like a two truths and a lie. I'm stealing money from McDonald's. I've got a dog, and my I fucked my sister. Which one's uh, which one's a lie? He didn't have a dog. Please, please tell me it's the sister. Nope, it was the dog. <laughs> no, Jerry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, she had so a different dad. Maybe his sister was his fourth wife. I did not look into it. Oh. Um, <laughs> Plot twist. Uh, but he meets uh, Don Hart, another uh, another person that he was selling him to. It wasn't a big player. Uh, he met him just like waiting in line to get on a cruise. Just, just stupid. Because you know he's like he's like yeah this guy will like this and he just starts talking about his he's his, like hey you look sneaky let me tell you he just, just casually mentions him defrauding McDonald's for millions of dollars um, and uh, Don Hart introduces him to this guy Andrew Glome um, just at a dinner party like a couple of weeks later and Andrew Glome is this like he's already convicted like drug runner he he trafficked a lot of drugs like from Cuba. Uh, he's a character. He was he was weird to watch in the docu series. Um, he was the one that they literally had to like stake out his apartment when they finally did the arrest, and like they had to get him to come out by like coming up and ringing his doorbell and being like, "Yeah, we have a delivery for you." <laughs> and, like getting him to because they couldn't like they didn't have a warrant to like get onto his property, but they had a warrant to arrest him. And oh no, no, I'm telling it wrong. Uh, they had a warrant for his arrest, but they didn't want to break into somewhere and give him the chance to to tip everyone off that they were coming after them. So they had to, like, trick him to come out and then, like, fucking grabbed him. <laughs> he just recruits these people. So now you have uh, Mormon, Mormon uh, Bishop you Baker. Mormon, you, you got, got a, a mafia. Uh, and they're all selling these pieces all across the nation. They got to get people to, to lie that they're from... Uh, Jacksonville for the most part because that's where they're getting the money sent but other than that they're getting people everywhere to win and they were not subtle about who they gave it to like um (laughs) fucking I can't believe this Columbo Jerry Columbo literally gave a car to himself he got a 1996 Dodge Viper and he was in a McDonald's commercial for it 
it's it's actually shocking that they didn't get caught sooner. No. Because they weren't smart. Because, like, the, they eventually were like, ooh, the surplus of the winners are in Jacksonville. It's like you guys never thought to, like, branch out yeah, and they're also, just a little. They're also, like, all fucking related. Right. Because uh, basically once Columbo got him, he was just giving him to, like, uh, like his his wife's sister, uh, his brother, uh, his dad. Uh, and he gave a couple of the million dollars pieces, like, to them. And there was only, like, two of those a year. Right. So the chances, it the chance of you getting one of those was one in six hundred million. So it's how just they weren't paying attention, honestly, they, no. because because this this program was very lucrative for McDonald's, so they probably didn't really want to get involved. This was increasing their sales by forty percent during the run of the game. Oh shit! That's which, a lot. which is a huge margin for yeah, that is. for a national company and one of the largest national companies. Yeah, a forty percent increase yeah. in sales. Hell yeah! They're yeah, they rolling in it. They don't care who's getting it. Um, and honestly, for a long time, no one really would care that Jerome no, Jacobson's I'm sure doing they're this. Not, they're not really watching it. It's just it. It just is surprising that it took so long. Yeah, Jerome Jerome Jacobson and Jerry Colombo did this for more like more than like it's like a decade and a half yeah if he took his first piece in 1989 and the arrests and the investigation didn't conclude until 2001 right so you know so that is it's 12 years 12 years 12 years of all of the promotions at one of the largest national chains being completely fraudulent and being given away by this secret ring of people like stealing them and redispersing them insane it, it is it truly really is and <laughs> What what we get to move on to now though is so we've set up how they do it. He's going. He's Mister Mister Jacobson is going to the bathroom, whipping it out, you know, sticking it in, and keeping some in his pocket for later. Uh, and and he is recruiting the mafia. The mafia is distributing them. They're shaking down the people they get for the money after they already have it. The people who actually win are not actually winning. Uh, and enter the FBI. Dun, dun, dun. Someone calls one day. They call uh, the Jacksonville uh, FBI office. Uh, it's known for being the most boring FBI office to work at in the industry. Funny. Uh, all the FBI agents are like, don't go to Jacksonville. Don't you, go there. You will kill yourself with how boring it is. There's no crime in Jacksonville. There's no crime in Jacksonville. That's why it's so boring. What's the FBI? They're doing other shit. They're not dealing with just normal crime. Wait, no. Well, they do deal with some normal yeah, crime. But some. maybe there's just not, you know, I don't know. People like really doing crime. Yeah, like tying up people in a basement and flaying them or something right. on on a right. daily basis. No, there, not in Jacksonville. Not in Jacksonville. Um, someone calls the Jacksonville office, and they leave a note. They say, "Uncle Jerry." They call Uncle Jerry. That's what they said. Is and they're uh, referring to Jerome Jacobson when they say Uncle Jerry. Not yes, Columbo. which the FBI did not know for a very long time. Right. But we now know, obviously. And that's why you have two, always have two Jerry's. The tale of two Jerry's. The tale of two Jerry's. It was the best of Jerry's. It was, it was the, the worst, worst of, of Jerry's. Jerry's. <laughs> and it involved no Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh, this could use a little chunky monkey. I was just going to say chunky monkey. Get out of my brain. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so they call and they say, Uncle Jerry is rigging the 
McDonald's Monopoly game. Check the past three winners. They're all related. And that, that that's like the anonymous tip they get. And some guy in an office just goes like, okay. He writes it down on a... All right, I'm bored. He write, then you came to Jacksonville. I don't have anything to do. Uh, he he writes it he writes it down on a post-it note, slaps it on his FBI desk, and goes back to doing whatever the fuck he was doing before. Um, and he just kind of sits there until a uh, rookie uh, FBI agent by the name of Doug Matthews, who has, since he got there, been working on healthcare fraud. You know, the very... so exciting. The very exciting uh, realm of healthcare fraud. I'm sure he was glued to his computer every day, like, God, I can't wait to find all these people committing healthcare fraud. Um, he walks over to his partner's desk, and he looks down, and he sees... He sees a little note that says, like, uh, McDonald's Monopoly scam. I don't, I don't think it's exactly what it says. Like, scam, all in caps, question mark, question mark. Like what Donald Trump is doing with the election right now. Scam. Question mark. Don't count. Counting the votes. How dare you. <laughs> don't try and count the votes. That's illegal. You can't count the votes. I'll lose. That's exactly what all this feels like. Yeah, it's, it's uh, it, <laughs> it feels like that's what it is because that is what it is. It's exactly what it is. Uh, it'll be nice when he loses. Um, he looks down. He's he's like, "What the fuck is this?" And his partner, his partner's just like, "Ah, you know, we got in a tip. It's it's not really. I wasn't really going to look into it." And he he was literally he describes himself as being so bored that he's like, "I wanted to do anything but healthcare fraud." So I was like, "I'll look into it." <laughs> And he started, and he started looking into it completely by himself, um, with a little help from his partner, obviously, uh, as it goes on. And they start looking into it. They they realize that all of these winners, none of them have the same last name. None of them have the same last name, and this was done on purpose. They would right. purposely give it to family members that didn't have the same last name as them, so it didn't always look like it was tied to the same person. But if you trace their genealogy, they were all related. Right. By, like, one or two degrees of right. separation, you know? Uh, like, all of these people knew each other. There was a high there was a high concentration of them, as you said, in Jacksonville, Florida. And they were looking at it like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, there's no way all these people no, no way all in one area are, that are yeah. all related can be doing this. So they knew something fishy was going on. They didn't know exactly what, but they knew something was fishy. And for a little bit, they thought it might be McDonald's. They were like, what if McDonald's is this whole, like, they put their tinfoil hats on. And they were like, what if McDonald's is taking the million-dollar pieces and they're, they're giving them to, like, aliens in suits, right? They're giving them to the lizard people in America. And they're, and they're using these million-dollar pieces to fund the government takeover by the lizards to get their reptilian new era set into motion. I, it well, probably wasn't exactly like that, but I'm assuming it's something I, I like that. I don't know. It. I think that was really accurate. Yeah, well, yeah you know, they, they thought McDonald's was, was in on it. They were not. Uh, spoiler alert. But I, I don't think that's out of the realm of reason. No, yeah, they definitely they definitely looked at it, they thought about it, and they kind of wrestled with contacting the company and telling them if it was happening or not because they were like, well, if we contact them and they're in on it, obviously. Every, our whole investigation falls out. But they decided to contact McDonald's, and McDonald's was like, we don't know what the fuck that is. They're like, oh, shit. <laughs> they were like, really? Yeah, no, we don't. We Turns out we don't fucking care because we were rolling in our piles of money in our yeah. offices. Um so they contact them, and Monopoly's like, you know what? We'll go. We'll go along with the investigation. And my favorite part, uh, of, like, of this is that they they were like, you know what? Let's just run another one. 
because they had to find a way to find out exactly right. how they were right. doing it. So they ran a whole nother year of the Monopoly game purposely for, for this, this investigation. Which I mean, like, it worked. Yeah, it did. And that was the year of 2000. They start a whole new Monopoly game. They track where the pieces are going. They track who comes in contact with the pieces. And they also set up a fake documentary crew. Uh, and Doug Matthews played the host. They, they, they wanted a, a, an undercover agent right. to come in and go undercover and, and play a documentary host. Uh, but they couldn't get one out to Jacksonville in time because Jacksonville's so boring. They didn't have any there already. Right. But they knew that time was short. So they were like, Doug. Doug can do it. Doug. Doug did theater in high school. You can pretend to, you can do this, Doug. He's like, yeah. You were the music man. And the elephant man. I played all of the roles with man in them because I was the only man. man. <laughs> uh, so they get Doug and they get, um, her name is Amy Murray. She's the global marketing head for McDonald's to fake a documentary. And they contacted all of the old uh, big prize winners. Okay. Yeah. They contacted all the old big prize winners and they were like, we want to do a where are you now expose kind of thing. Show Channels has changed your life. <laughs> uh, and they show up, and there, there's a guy by the name of, ah, uh, oh, geez. I only had his first name for a long, a long time. Michael Hoover. They they find this guy named Michael Hoover, and they go to his house, and they're he's kind of showing them. He's like, "Oh yeah, look, and this is uh this is what I bought with the money. I put the down payment on this house. Um, I I got it from an, a copy of Entertainment Weekly because they they printed them in the magazines. Right, right. I got it from a copy of Entertainment Weekly, and they go through this whole. He recreates the scene. He was like at the beach. He's like, and I'm at the beach, and he, you know he's a hefty man. He's like sand between my butt cheeks, and I drop my copy of Entertainment Weekly, and I'm like, oh no, it's no, I gotta pick it up. It's wet, and he tried to bend down, and he couldn't get it because his gut was too big, uh, and he had to go buy another one, <laughs> and so he buys another one. He's like, and what did you know? It inside was the winning piece. Uh, and they were like, something's off about this guy. I don't like the way he sounds. <laughs> what are you talking about, guys? I'm super trustworthy. Um, you sound like Lola from Big Mouth. Again? Yeah. There's another Lola impression. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I love Lola, so I'm here for it. <laughs> Ooh, who put this there? Um, Andrew! <laughs> it's good. It's good. Um, they're like something's off about this guy. They're trained to like recognize liars, and they were like, "This guy's oh yeah, this guy's being shady as fuck." So they tapped his phone. <laughs> they tapped his phone, uh, and they had a couple other people, and they were all weird about it. Actually, um, Gloria Brown was one of the people they invited back, and who was very nervous the whole time and weird oh, about I'm answering sure. her questions. Um, they tapped his phone, and as soon as he fucking leaves, he, like, calls someone, and he's like, huh, they fucking bought it. <laughs> McDonald's is so stupid. I went in there. I retold the whole story. They didn't know what was happening. They were loving my story about me dropping my magazine on they the beach. They loved my big belly. They did. Then one of them rubbed it and said, ooh, rub Buddha's belly for luck. It was great. And then he hangs up with his friend, uh, and he calls Jerome Jacobson. <laughs> Fucking idiot. And he's like, uh, yeah, I'm back. They bought it. Everything's okay. And they were like, 
who the fuck is this Jerome Jacobson guy? They're like, I know that name. Amy's like, I know that name. He's the head of security for Simon Marketing. So it was really that simple. They were like, okay. <laughs> Jerome Jacobson is, is Uncle Jerry. They tracked all of the other winners. They pulled their call logs. And they noticed that all of them were calling his number. He never changed up his number. He didn't have a burner phone. It was listed under him. They knew it was him. They, they were all calling him. It's just like so many simple things he could have done. Like yeah. a burner phone. And there, there Dude. were, and they could specifically see like there were calls between them before they declared they won, and then afterwards, and then they'd taper off every single time. So by the call logs, you could see, oh, he's calling them right before they win, and right after they win, and then not after that for a long time. Except for when they didn't give him his money. Yeah, and and they also the saddest part is that they looked at previous winners and they looked to see who had mortgaged their home before they won because because they knew that a lot of the people that were getting uh shaken down especially by the mafia they needed to put all of these down payments on them so a lot of people were mortgaging their homes so they could afford to buy the piece to get the money and so they caught a bunch of people doing this shit uh in 2001 after they ran the whole fake monopoly game they arrested eight people and that included uh baker that yeah. included, uh, obviously, Jerome Jacobson. That included uh, Don Hart. That included um, that guy with Don Hart. Yeah, Andrew. Glom. Andrew Glom. Glom. Um, one name you'll see missing from this, though. Jerry Colombo. That Jer motherfucker died. Jerry Colombo. And not from a heart attack like you'd nope. think looking at him. Nope. He died. He died in a car accident. And this comes in where I think his wife might be a murderer because they they talk about she was driving and they talk about them like going there and they were in a bad position in their marriage he had been cheating on her uh he had bought a strip club that like all of people all of the people in the town fucking hated this strip club because it was like some conservative area and he was just like where strip clubs shouldn't go and he opened one um so and she didn't want him to own the strip club because he got into you know he was cheating, cheating on her on so her, yeah. being constantly around strippers was increasing that so they were like legit fighting the only thing that makes me think that maybe she didn't do it on purpose like crash the car to try and kill both of them because she ended up crashing like headfirst into a truck oh. was that their kid was in the car oh yeah I bet unless I don't know, women can be batshit crazy though, and be like, and yeah, we're all going, we're all gonna go. And, and if you watch the documentary, she seems like you ever seen a uh, Mafia Wives, the show, or no. seen anything for? Well, there's well a, I've seen movies with Mafia Wives, and they're all fucking insane yeah, because that, of the amount of stress that they're put on. That classic depiction of them though, like crazy, like New yeah. Jersey, yeah, that's like her. like unhinged uh, woman, it's her. Yeah. So I was like, I think she might have done it on purpose. And all of the Colombo family thinks she probably did it on purpose. None of them talk to her anymore. They really don't like her. But he, he died a couple days after that. And that's when, that was in 1998. Yeah, so, so he was really only a part of it for three years. Yeah. And for the rest of the years, it's just Jerome Jacobson again. Just Uncle Jerry out there doing what he does. So they arrest eight people, including Jerome Jacobson. All of them, and by the it, it, that's when kind of the investigation ends. But they still they've already looked in the phone records of all the winners, and they indict like a shit people, right? ton more people. 
like 54. 53. 53 people were indicted. Uh, 48 of the people pled guilty. These are all mail fraud charges, which we've talked about mail fraud before. Yeah. I, I looked it up. It's literally just like using the mail to do something fraudulent. Yeah. Uh, because there's really not like, like stealing the pieces isn't super illegal. Right. But like defrauding them was, but using the mail to, to specifically is, defraud it. Yeah, it's basically like the charge you can get people on. Right. Because of like how the laws are written. It doesn't say like you can't take like paper pieces from from McDonald's. Like that's not written anywhere. It is now. You know? It probably is somewhere. But you can't they had to get them on like mail fraud. Like they used the mail to to like send the pieces and it was fraudulent. Yeah. So they all uh they all plead guilty to that, including Jacobson. He pled guilty to three counts of mail fraud, served three years in prison, and had to pay back one million dollars that's just insane because it wasn't like the total of all the shit that they stole like 24 million dollars it was 24 million and he had to pay back 1 million out of 24 well that's only him a lot of the other people did have to pay money back because they ended up receiving the money the 1 million was like his estimated gains off of like him getting the kickbacks so he had to pay he had to pay the money back um still doesn't seem like that much money. Exactly. For what happened. And and three years really doesn't seem like that much after like you take into account all the intimidating that they did and all, mm-hmm. like all that stuff. Three years doesn't seem like enough, to be honest. Yeah. No, I, I'm thinking that if Jerry Colombo was around, he probably would have got more. Oh, I'm sure. I think it's what it is because he definitely did a lot of the more scary things. Well, and it's a, you know, he's part of the mob. It's also a, let's set an example. But his wife, you know, she took care of, she eliminated that. Yeah. And uh, this investigation, I realized we didn't mention it. They, They had a, they had like a contest with all of the FBI agents to name it. Yeah. Uh, And some of, some of the honorable mentions are uh, Operation Unhappy Meal, Operation Fallen Arches, because the arches in McDonald's. I think that's my favorite. It is really good. I, I actually like that one better, probably. And Operation Stale Fries, which is terrible. Whoever came up with that has no originality. They need that's to... why they're in the FBI in Jacksonville, Florida. Exactly. I was like, they need to stay there. <laughs> but, uh, I, like, I like Fallen Arches. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but it did come second to Operation Final Answer. Because who wants? Because oh, who, who wants, wants to, to be, be a millionaire? millionaire? That's why it's called that. That's stupid. I like fallen arches. I don't know. It's kind. Of, it's punny. It's it pretty funny. Funny, but mm, fallen arches is just so funny. <laughs> it's not just punny, but funny. I hate that. I hate you. So. I'll cry. I'm just kidding. I don't hate you. You promised yourself you would have cried today, Kasha. You promised yourself. Oh, all right. So he he gets put in a jail, uh, and you're probably thinking, all of our listeners are probably like, well, that's weird if you haven't seen the documentary or you haven't seen the, the recent like rise in popularity of this case. You're probably thinking, 
oh man, I was around in in 2001, and I don't remember this happening at all. Exactly. Well, the thing is, is that uh, the investigation uh, concluded and the trial began on September 10th, 2001, which is the day before, I don't know, maybe uh, the biggest fucking incident to happen in American history in the past 50 years. You know what? Maybe ever. We'll, we'll never At least since Pearl Harbor. We will never forget, but uh, we all definitely forgotten about Final Answer. Yeah. <laughs> we all definitely forgot. You know, I think the reason that uh, the Twin Towers were hit by the uh, airplanes was because Al-Qaeda was in on Operation Final Answer. They got some of those winning game pieces, and uh, they didn't want to get caught, so they just ran their, their planes into the Twin Towers. Jerry Jacobson is part of Al-Qaeda, and he set this whole thing up to take attention off of himself. That's my conspiracy theory. What? Take it or leave it. What kind of tinfoil do you use <laughs> for the hats? Reynolds wrap. Wow, that's some heavy-duty shit. So, I love Reynolds wrap. So we, we've brought up we brought a 9-11 conspiracy and lizard people conspiracy in the same episode. I love conspiracy theories. And you brought up lizard people. Yeah, I did. I didn't do that. Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Uh, I do think, though, that the lizard people conspiracy theory is one of my favorite conspiracy theories because it makes no sense. Yeah, none of all of those, none of them do. That's why they're conspiracy theories. It's just like we talked about Pizzagate last time. They don't make sense. I mean, some of them make a little sense. Oh my god! If you like think about it hard enough. Oh my god! Take it off. Take off the. Take off the tinfoil. Take it off. Okay. No! <laughs> it's it's not, the, not the one you don't use the whole goddamn roll. It's like fifty cents of aluminum foil. I love aluminum foil, but every time I use it, I'm like, oh, I'm killing the earth. You're killing the earth just by living. We oh, all that's are. True. That's true. That's the saddest way we can end it. But wow, great. <laughs> but so Jerry Colombo dead. Jerome Jacobson in, in prison for three years. Uh, everyone else in the conspiracy, they were in prison for all less than a year. If they even went to prison, a lot of them just got slaps on the wrist. Um, and they were into it. quite a few of the convictions were uh, like overturned later yeah. uh, because they kind of proved that. Yeah, I don't think these people knew what that they were getting stolen pieces. They knew that someone was giving them the piece, but some of the people were told like. Hey, I'm giving this to you. One of the one of the guys, uh, Baker, actually gave it to someone, saying that he wanted to give it to him because he was in a divorce, and he didn't want his wife to get half of it. So he told him, "You say you got it, and then just give me some of it, but you can keep most of it because she'll take half of it anyway." So he did, and then he got pulled into all of this. He's one of the ones who they, it got overturned later, but like he got shit on by everyone. Everyone thought he was a felon for years. Poor guy. Yeah. He's like, I'm just a good Mormon. <laughs> there are no good Mormons. <gasps> Except for all of our Mormon listeners. All, all of, of you Mormon listeners, I hope Heavenly Father blesses you. You're beautiful. Um, I believe in the golden plates. Me too. Cool. Um, so that's kind of the end. He was in for three years when he was 56, and he's in his 70s now. He's quietly living out the rest of his life in Georgia. Georgia. Um, obviously not smart enough to do anything else because he wasn't even stupid enough to keep his he wasn't mouth smart shut. enough to keep his mouth shut about any of this while it was going on. He is no longer married to Martha. I don't know who he's married to. I don't know. Wife number six or whatever. Number six. 
626. Uh, lucky number six. May she keep you happy, Uncle Jerry. Jerry. So that just about does it. Yep. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening. Y'all for listening. Yep. Uh, the, to our first episode recorded on two microphones. <gasps> yes. Uh, we're... Two mics, one podcast. Gross. But I'd watch it. Disgusting, but I'm into it. Like, we just did it for like, an hour and four minutes. Like, how dare you, but I am torqued. Um, <laughs> he, yeah, he is. <laughs> I wore sweatpants today. <laughs> so, thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of White Collars, Red Hands. If you liked this week's episode, please review, rate, or share it on whatever podcasting service you use. Your support helps motivate us to create better content in the future. And... If you didn't like the podcast, you can help us improve by sending an email to whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com with Amazon gift card codes and suggestions on how to improve, which we will definitely read. And remember, mo' money, mo' problems. See you next week.